Welcome to the Soulish Podcast. My name is Whitney Apke and I'm your host. On the Soulish Podcast, we talk all about the soul journey. So that's the body-soul-spirit connection. That's all the challenges, the wins, everything. We talk about everything on this podcast and I have amazing guests that come on and share what they do, what they give back to the world and, and also their history, their background, um, their journey through life and what led them to do the work that they do now. And it's just always inspiring to have amazing people on this podcast. I just feel so blessed by that. And then I have solo episodes like this one where it's just me and you, and we get to talk about certain things that are lighting me up or certain things that I feel led and guided to share, to talk about. And today I really feel like kind of talking about the feminine, the divine feminine. And even for my guys that listen, the divine masculine, it's really just like what you're in alignment with and how do we realign and why is that so important? And then I also want to talk about some psychic stuff that has been coming up as I've been tuning in to my more divine feminine. Cause I do definitely operate more out of my divine feminine than my divine masculine. Um, but it's been so long since I felt totally safe to do that. And so I've by default kind of gone more towards my masculine side instead of my feminine. And that's kind of hindered me a bit in my, uh, self-discovery in my journey and in also working with clients. And I've been kind of feeling like I'm, I'm not operating at full, capacity here. I'm not operating at full mast, you know, like I could take in so much more, I could go so much further. And yet I feel like there's something amiss here. And so I wanted to talk about that a little bit. And just to start, I just want to say thank you so much to my listeners. Thank you so much to the Soulish tribe, the Soulish fam. It's just been so wonderful to, again, have another time with you and to speak with you and to relate. And I just hope that this episode blesses you, that it encourages you, that it inspires you and that you leave this episode feeling like, huh, you know, like I got this and, um, whatever you're feeling aligned with that, this gives you the practical tools, um, to walk away with as well of like, how do I integrate this? And how do I embody this? My most authentic self, you know, how do I do that? How do I discover that? How do I, how do I walk it out? So, um, to get into it, I think, um, there's a lot here that I want to unpack. And a lot of it has to do with my upbringing as a Christian pastor's kid, um, being in Christian ministry and in Christian church and culture. Um, I was in a really unique, uh, Christian denomination. I was actually in a non-denominational charismatic spirit-filled Christian church, the majority of my life. And my dad obviously was my pastor. My mom was my pastor too, technically. And, um, So I grew up in a really interesting container from the get-go. And, and I want to preface this with, I don't feel that religion is bad. I actually don't have that belief. I don't believe that religion leads to death or destruction. I do believe it is a part of our journey. If, if that has been a part of your journey and still is a part of your journey, I honor that. I respect that. And everyone has their own experiences with that. And just because I, don't necessarily identify as a Christian anymore. If I were to identify with anything, it'd be more on spiritual route. Um, but I do hold, um, the value of my Christian faith and growing up and experience and development. Um, it has been the foundation that has led me to even my service to others and my experience in service to others. And, And, um, as growing and developing as a healer, as someone who is psychic intuitive, um, for my Christian upbringing, it was prophetic, you know, that you're a prophetess, you know, um, and we would call that priestess, you know, in, in spirituality, right. Uh, goddess, you know, goddess energy, priestess energy, all of that. Um, but in Christianity, that's not exactly, you know, aligned with the faith. So it would be more like you're a prophetess, you know, uh, you're the female version of a prophet and, uh, psalmist also someone that sings prophetically, um, or psychically intuitively that you sing psychic intuitive songs, um, about the future, about, you know, what's happening, um, currently too, as well. And so really interesting being brought up and really, um, like immersed in that environment was kind of my life. So 
to hear from God, to be connected to your intuition, which I, I believed that was just Holy spirit, um, you know, as my inner guidance system, which I still believe the two are not, I don't think that they are different. I think it's one and the same. I think your spirit is the Holy spirit. I think you are connected to God because you have God living in you. We are all part of the same fabric of spirit of universe of God. And that's what connects us all. And God is love, right? Like I believe all of that. So a lot of this does um, cross over from my Christian faith and upbringing and beliefs and experiences in Christian, in Christian church, as well as my spiritual walk and discovery in unboxing God and my concept and my beliefs around God and my identity um, in my beliefs and, and all of that and what is safe to believe in what is not, but specifically around my feminine, my womanhood, my sisterness, right. My sisterhoodness, um, <laughs> all of that, like that, that experience has been really difficult to unpack as I've been rediscovering myself and tuning into myself more, honoring myself more, uh, knowing that I, I have the ability I'm empowered. I'm worthy. Right. As I've been stepping into those things and really healing past wounds, whether it be around even something that my father did or didn't do, um, you know, my experience with men, um, even my brother, right. My experience with my brother or different things like that, that have defined how I relate to men as a woman, um, or the men in the church, uh, that I grew up with, um, men that I trusted that I would find out later that they were, you know, molesting children or, um, back in the day were a cross-dresser and were technically bisexual or gay. And, and as a Christian, right, that's evil, it's wrong, it's sinful. So it's like, you know, immediately you're, you're second guessing yourself and, and what you felt or thought about that person. And so then you're, you're kind of like, oh, okay. Like I can't trust that person. Like you immediately, um, brandish them as being a bad person, right. As a kid. Cause that's kind of like the only way that you can define that. Um, so really interesting, like you can or can't trust people or men in general as a woman. Um, a few things, even growing up, like I, I just kind of, I developed early. So I had a woman's body pretty early. Like I started coming into my woman body, like around nine or 10 years old and, um, really early on. And so a lot of the kids would think I'm older. A lot of the older kids thought I was their age. Um, and obviously the adults as well, if they were visiting or they didn't know, you know, they didn't, they weren't a part of my church for several years. Um, and with that came a lot of feeling like the, because this is happening so early and no, no one else is experiencing this, that there's something wrong with my body, you know, because now I'm having to hide it. Um, and I'm, I'm having to, um, dress differently and be more aware of my body and not in a good way, like not in a celebratory way. Um, there were a few moments where my body was celebrated by my mom or even her mom. I remember, um, we had a moment where we were just like, yes, and she has boobs. <laughs> and, and so it was kind of like, oh, okay, I guess this, I guess this is a good thing. I, I honestly didn't know how to feel because in every other area it wasn't okay. And, and I would either get made fun of, I had girls, um, you know, uh, back in the day it was our phones didn't, and I didn't even have a phone at the time, but phones didn't have cameras yet. Um, sorry for everyone who's younger. Yes, it existed where phones didn't have cameras. Um, but you know, so one chick, um, used a, one of those, uh, disposable cameras and she started clicking away pictures. And I heard the sound and looked and saw that she had been taking pictures of me while I was changing in the locker room and not knowing or not sure, you know, what, what she was going to do with them. I was pretty sure she was going to show them to people, obviously, right. Like you would guess, um, luckily I was able to report it and that got handled before that became a, a big thing that I know of, but, um, little things like that, where I'd be ostracized or made fun of, or, um, not a part of a group, um, of women, girls at the time, because, um, you know, I was different. Right. Um, and so 
I think just from the get-go, I've always felt like my body was wrong. And then because pretty much right when I hit puberty, um, around 10 and a half, 11, um, I started gaining weight, like as hormones changed, my body changed. And so I got thicker. Right. And I think thickness is beautiful. I think any body type is beautiful. And I'm so glad that we're moving towards that, um, inclusion and where we are celebrating people for who they are. Um, but I started getting, you know, thicker and, um, and then hiding it and, and not sure what to do about it and, um, and how to feel. And so then it was like, yes, my body really isn't good. My body really is wrong. There really is something wrong with me, you know, because, um, not only do I have more than enough, um, but now I have really a lot of enough. And I always joke and say, I have fluffy lovins. Um, and that's just kind of my way of dealing with it. Um, but I think from early on, it's just always been my perspective or my outlook or my belief around my body as a woman has always been really negative. And, and then, um, you know, as a teenager, I remember I would have like a cross body bag, even as a young adult, I remember this guy came up to me and I had a crossbody bag and it, the strap was actually really thin. It was a, it was a light bag. It's actually one of my favorites. I need to figure out where that thing is. Cause I love that bag. Um, I know I brought it with me to Denver cause it's like one of my faves, but I, I you could either wear it on the shoulder or cro- across your body. And I just quickly put it across my body and a guy had the balls to come up to me and say, you need to wear your purse differently. You need to change the way you're wearing your purse because it's defining your breasts more. And I was like, I looked down and I'm like, I'm not even showing cleavage, like not even an inch of cleavage. Like, so because it's cutting between my breasts and you can more so see like <laughs> how big my boobs are and that bothers you, like, like, <laughs> you think that it's appropriate or that it's okay for you to tell me what to do? Like, because I have boobs and you're a guy and you have the license to tell me how to wear my bag, you know, it's just nuts. Like, just nuts. <laughs> like, I just can't even, get, I don't think I'm over that still. <laughs> I think I'm not over it. Um, so, you know, things like that, where it's just like, oh my God, like, how is this okay? And you know what I felt? I didn't feel how I feel about it now, how I felt about it in the moment was like, you know, I hate my, I hate my boobs. I hate my body. Like, I wish, like, why does this always have to happen to me? Like, there's plenty of girls here in this church that also have boobs. And why am I the one? Like I do everything. Like I go above and beyond to like, sometimes even wearing like a regular bra and then a sports bra that's really tight to flatten them. Like I did everything I could fucking do to like make them less, you know? And, and it's like, and then here you are and you're telling me what the fuck to do because today was the day that I didn't wear a double bra. Like (laughs) it's just pissed me off. But like, I just, I just felt like there isn't anything I'm ever going to do. That's ever going to be right. You know, like, I'm never going to feel okay in my body. I'm never going to feel confident. I'm never going to feel like it's okay to be who I am you know, and, and that translates not only into my body, but into who I am as Whitney, as a woman, right. And never feeling good enough. And also I went into Christian ministry school, actually I did three years graduated with a bachelor's in practical ministry, minoring in youth ministry, youth practical ministry. Um, and cause I wanted to be a youth pastor and I was for a few years. And that was another thing that was really frustrating for me because, um, I couldn't get my dad to ordain me. I couldn't get recognition from the church. I couldn't even get paid by the church to be the youth pastor. And yet I had one of the hugest like cleanups to do because the prior youth pastor had just destroyed these kids' lives. And, and I couldn't even get paid, not even like a hundred bucks a month or something. Like I was getting no pay, nothing, nada for working full-time as a youth pastor. And the idea of ministry is that you're lucky if you get paid because this is supposed to be ministry. So the church structure is that they use you until, until you either, you know, bitch about it or, or, you know, or they just never pay you. Um, unless you're a man, if you're a man, you'll probably get paid immediately because they immediately assume 
oh, well, he's a man, so he needs the income. And the prior youth pastor got a full salary, but he had put the church in so much debt, like thousands and thousands of dollars of debt. And I had worked so hard um, to pay back that debt that I, I shouldn't have even had to do, but I did because I wanted the church to be in right standing. And I wanted the youth ministry to be in right standing with the church as well. I worked so fucking hard to right the wrongs of men, right? <laughs> Love, lovely. Um, so all this to say, here I am a woman in my own father's church and I'm not getting paid. I'm not getting ordained. I'm not being recognized. I wasn't even announced as the youth pastor. They wouldn't even give me that title because they don't believe that women should be in ministry, but we can do the job and we can do the work, but we can't get paid and we can't get recognized. So that's, that's all good. (laughs) That's fantastic. Right. But it's just amazing. So in this paradigm, in this, um, in this box where, um, it is totally like male dominated, right? Patriarchal society. It is old, outdated and should really like go down the tube. And what it did for me was it continued to affirm that there's something wrong with me because I'm a woman, because my body decided to pop out in all places. And, and then (laughs) someone's going to laugh about that. I'm sure. And then I'm, I'm not validated in the call that I feel like, I feel like my purpose is to help people. My purpose is to, to be in service to others, to always help people heal. I mean, like from the beginning, even in youth ministry, like that was the majority of the work that I did was to help kids heal. Like there was so much happening, you know, in these kids, not just from the prior youth pastor, but just in their daily lives, you know, so much going on. So I think that a lot of what I dealt with was this feeling of, I'm not, I'm not enough. Like I can feel the call, but there's some sense of unworthiness. There's some sense of like, I don't belong here. Um, or I'm not good enough. And I even went to work at a different church and they, they did pay me. And that was, that was really nice. Um, for probably the first two years I was working for them for basically for free, um, and doing like a house, um, managing a house. And at one point I was managing both the men and the women's house that were separate. Um, so they had a woman, a woman, again, fixing the issues that were happening in the leadership and the leadership. I was over the pastor that I was under, um, ended up piecing out, deucing out, um, right when it was the heat of everything that was happening. So that was truly left alone. Um, and then having leadership switch over and then try to take over. And then all this, I mean, it was so much bullshit, um, so much political bullshit. And then people trying to come in and then blame me for what was issues when they have no idea the history and they have no idea what's been going on and all the hard work that I've done. And so, yeah, I was just nuts. It was just crazy and just so stupid. And so I've learned a lot of lessons, but I think what has like remained in me is even though I've learned all these lessons of like how to sniff bullshit, um, even better than I did before where people would, you know, praise you publicly, but then privately just destroy you on a phone call, you know, things like that, that it's like, whoa. And then also remove you from leadership without ever having really a discussion about it. When you've been like pouring your guts out to these people and doing all you can and and blood, sweat, tears, and literally your intestines out for these people. And then you're just taken from them because they have a better idea and, and plan and they think they know better and they know best, but they don't want your advice or your insight or anything like that, right? What you have to offer is not valued period is how it just translated. And so I've, here I am 34, almost 35 in a couple months. And I, I just am kind of at this place where I own my own business. I manage two other businesses and I'm like, okay, so how do I feel about my feminine? (laughs) How do I feel about being a woman? How do I feel about being, um, being in my intuition and my, my psychic abilities and my, um, my gift as a healer to help people heal. How do I feel about that? Like, do I feel valid? Do I feel valuable? Do I feel received? Do I feel wanted? Um, does the universe trust me, you know, with people and their lives and their situations and their circumstances? Like there's been so much swirling around and 
um, I actually did an ayahuasca ceremony and it was beautiful. And grandma just showed me so much around my feminine. And one of the things that I purged first was there was a couple next to me and the girl was making like really sexual moans. And, um, and I was just like, it was, it was getting me, it was getting me hardcore because I grew up in an environment where that would never be okay. Like that would not be okay. Like if you were even like, you know how, I don't know if anyone's familiar with like the laying on of hands. Like, I don't know if any of you guys know who Benny Hinn is. You can look him up, um, Benny and then Hinn, H-I-N-N, I believe. So it's where you lay hands on people and then they fall back under the spirit. And I'm doing air quotes, um, under the spirit. And I believe it's a real thing that you do have some sort of healing happening, clarity happening. I, I do believe that's a spiritual experience and it's valid. I don't want to invalidate it. Um, but, <laughs> but basically I think a lot of what was happening for me was realizing that like, if anyone was on the floor having like been prayed for, right. And had gone down under the spirit, um, and were moaning, like she was moaning, you would have like a couple people surrounding you and maybe escorting you out of the building into like the side hallway or foyer or something of the church. And then they would literally start casting out the demon of promiscuity or, you know, the, the demon of like, um, you know, anything like incest or like any sexual, like sin, sexual immorality, promiscuity, whatever. Like they would think like there's some demon manifesting because you're moaning in this way. Right. So it's like been ingrained in me that like any kind of moan like that, that is not like in the bedroom with somebody or people like that it's, it's wrong. Right. And in a public place, it's wrong. It's not okay. So here I am right next to me. And she's like, I won't even do it. I can't even do it on, (laughs) I can't even do it on the mic. Um, but she's making really sexual moans. You guys can guess what it sounded like. So I don't need to do it for you. Um, and have that on record for life. Um, but basically all of a sudden I realized, cause in ayahuasca, you you're so aware of what you're feeling and what you're experiencing. And so I was like, God, that that's annoying the literal fuck out of me. Like that is getting me like, I'm really annoyed. Like I'm actually frustrated and slash a little angry about it because I'm like, here I am. I'm trying to focus here. I'm trying to get into the moment and be in the medicine. And I can't because you're moaning next to me like that. And I just like, Oh, like, why did I have to sit here? You know, is all I'm thinking. So, and I, I would have heard her wherever I was and probably would have this, the same issues going on. And all of a sudden, mama guy was like, and why do you think that is that that bothers you that way? And I was like, hmm, that's a great question, isn't it? <laughs> it's a great question. I was like, because it's not okay. And she's like, and, and why did you, why do you think that it's not okay? It's like, because I was taught it's not okay. And she's like, hmm, and how do you feel about that now? <laughs> I was like, I feel like. Like I've been taught something that isn't true. And so I want to get rid of that. And she's like, yeah, she's like, you're not, you're not comfortable in your feminine. So you hear anything that's feminine, whether sexual or non-sexual and that you're uncomfortable, like you're not okay with that. You wouldn't be okay. Even if someone was like, like when, when a woman removes her jacket, you're probably not okay with it. Cause you're thinking oh, disrobe, she's disrobing, you know, and watching all the men look at her. And that's not safe. Like that's not okay. And sure. Okay. Like there's points where maybe it's not safe. Right. And someone really is a guy is really being a predator about it, but, and a creep, but just to think that like, it's not okay to show shoulder. You guys know, like you've been, if you've been watching a lot, you see that I'm always wearing some sort of jacket. Very rarely do you ever see my clavicle or like my shoulder and I'm working through it, but like, but I, and I try to be really professional and all of that on this, on this podcast, but but it's like ingrained in me. Like if you know me on a personal level, you know that I'm pretty much always wearing a sweater, even like a little cardigan or something. Like I'm always wearing something on top of something else. Very rarely am I just wearing a shirt. Um, and that's just been ingrained in me from, from the beginning because it was, how do I hide these? How do I hide the boobs, the girls, the, the gals, the ladies? How do I, 
how do I hide? You know, how do I cover these? Um, so I'm not so exposed and it's really sad. It's really sad. Like I do need to grieve about it. Um, I do need to work through it, but so there's a lot there. There's a lot to uncover. And I hope that any of my ladies that are listening, that you understand. And for any of the gentlemen that are listening, I hope that this kind of opens your eyes to make you more aware of how you look at a woman, of how you treat a woman, of how you speak to a woman, um, because this goes back generational. And this is the thing that I'm so proud of. Like we are finally of the generation and in the generation that you have a choice that you get the power to choose whether you ever want to get married, whether you ever want to have kids or not, like, and you have the power and either choice, yes or no is, is valid and good and okay. Right. But we actually, for the first time in thousands of years have the opportunity to choose. And so I feel very empowered by having that choice, but I also understand that there is There is generations after generations after generations of women that came before me that didn't have the choice, that had to cover up, that had to get married to somebody that they didn't really even know because they're being bought, sold, or traded, right? And and, uh, bartered with, and, and that's how they ended up being married and then even providing an heir. And hopefully you do provide an heir, a male heir, right? And so it's like all of this stuff from years and generations and generations goes back. And we've been taught that it's not safe to be in our feminine because when we're in our feminine, we're vulnerable to attack. We're vulnerable of being um, picked on. We're vulnerable of being, um, you know, noticed. And sometimes that's even not safe to be noticed um, because once you're noticed, well, then you're going to have men after you. Right. And that's an uncomfortable feeling because you feel very much out of your power. Like you don't have the power to choose. You don't have the power to say no, um, or not yet, even, you know, I'm not there yet. Um, and so there's so much there. So I want to unpack kind of a few things that I've incorporated in the past year, because this has been coming up more and more for me in the past year, especially after the ayahuasca ceremony, which was fantastic and amazing. Um, really difficult, not easy, uh, but definitely was what I needed because as soon as I told grandma that I was like, well, she was like, you're not comfortable in your feminine. I was like, well, I want to be, so I want to, I want to release whatever it is that is keeping me back from feeling comfortable and safe in my feminine, that that wouldn't annoy me like it. I mean, maybe it would just annoy me still, but like that, I wouldn't feel that tug that I feel that, that knot in my stomach that I feel like, I want that to go away. Like she's just expressing herself. And if that's how she feels, she needs to express herself on the medicine. Then she should have every right to do that without my shitty energy, you know, right next to her of like, you're wrong. You're wrong for, for moaning like that. Like she doesn't deserve that. She deserves to be like, I'm happy that she feels so free and, and so, um, at Liberty to express herself in that way in a public setting that she feels safe to do so. I mean, she's right. She has a partner right next to her, which is probably what's helping with that. But like the fact that she even feels freedom, whether she had him or not, it's like, great. Like, I wish I had that. I do not. And I probably won't for quite a while. I probably will never moan like that publicly. Right. So, um, who knows? Um, I could, I could do it in a breathwork session and it just happened and there's nothing I can do about it. I feel like the universe would do that to me. (laughs) Hello, Soulish Tribe. So I know that I'm not alone and always feeling thirsty. Even though I hydrate throughout the day, I'm always feeling that I need more water, especially after those cycling classes. My friends, James and Mark over at Zaka have the perfect solution. Zaka's Hydration and Liver Aid is the number one recovery and hydration solution for working out, jet lag, or drinking, maybe just a little too much. Zaka uses herbs such as Japanese raisin as well as other natural and fermented ingredients that are safe 
and without artificial flavors. Zaka is unique because it doesn't just replenish what your body needs, but also supports your body's natural ability to recover. It's two very, very yummy and berry chewable tablets that you can put under your tongue or chew up and swallow. Go to Zaka.com, that's Z-A-C-A.com, and use promo code SOLISH15 to get 15% off of your order. and an integration of that healing, I've just released a healing package that is just for that purpose. My healing package allows you to truly invest in your healing with four two-hour sessions that will support you to reveal, heal, and integrate. Whether you're going through a difficult time or simply want to dig deeper, this package is here for you and with a 50% discount. I truly care that my clients not only experience healing, connection, and freedom during our sessions, but in their everyday lives as well. And this is a typical issue that I see with people that just book one session is that they miss that integration piece that is so important. Go to WhitneyAppy.com forward slash book to invest in your healing now. A couple of things that really have helped me is um, being really aware of my thought process from the moment I get up because you're laying in bed, right? You have the morning smell like, and not that like, it's a bad smell, but just like, right. You've, you've woken up your hair's like everywhere. Um, smells like the morning, you know, not necessarily bad, not like a musk or something. Hey, don't get any thoughts. All right. I smell good. Smell good all the time. Um, but you know, it's like you wake up and how do you feel in your body? Like when you wake up, do you immediately have of like, Ooh, I feel sluggish. Ooh, I feel heavy. Ooh, like the, you know, boobs over here, boobs over here. Like, what are you feeling in your body? Are you feeling confident? Are you feeling good? Like, are you feeling um, satisfied with who you are and how you feel um, as a woman? And I think as a man, it's also good to like, take a moment. Like, how do I feel in my body? Do I feel strong? Do I feel, um, you know, do I feel capable? Do I feel like I can overcome anything? And, and the same goes for women. So I think it's really important to like, to tune in. Um, and then even from the moment, like some of my most critical thoughts are when I'm changing it's when I'm naked. Right. And I know like other women, I've talked with other women that have struggled with this too, of like, they don't even look at themselves in the mirror. They don't want to. And I think that's sad because we truly are beautiful and, um, and we are made in such a beautiful way. I feel like our design is so, um, is so purposeful and, and our destiny. And like, this is our vehicle. Like if anything, we should feel good about the vehicle that we're in for this life, for this incarnation. So I will usually just really be present with my thoughts and what I think. And based off of that is also how I get dressed and what I dress in. And I make sure that it's positive, that it's like, I'm going to grab the sweater because I feel comfortable in the sweater because, and not because I'm trying to hide, but because it just sounds cozy, you know, like I'm wearing my grandma sweater. Um, I have this in red too. It's like one of my faves. Cause it's just so plushy and comfortable. It feels like I'm wearing a blanket, you know, and I just love it. And it's still very cold outside here in Denver. And so I'm in my grandma sweater for this episode and I love it. Um, it's one of my faves. And I think that's important. Like, that's why I put this on not to hide my boobs or my body or anything else. Like I put this on because it feels comfortable and I feel, I feel good in it. I feel, I feel great in it. So I think having that conversation and being really aware of the decisions, every decision that I make, like, am I, do I have a hankering for some toast this morning rather than like a smoothie or just fruit? Like, but in my brain, I'm going, oh, but that's carbs. You shouldn't be eating that, you know, because that's just going to keep your fat, you know, like, is that the conversation I'm having when I'm first about to eat something first time of the day? Like, that's how I'm going to start my day is thinking I can't have a piece of toast because it's carbs and it's going to keep me fat. Like, that's absolutely fucking ridiculous. And I should eat what I feel intuitively like is best for me and most supportive 
supportive. And if that's an avocado fucking toast, then that's an avocado fucking toast. Like I should have every right and ability to not feel bad about that or judgy about that. Right. So it's little things like that, that it's like, we don't even realize sometimes those thoughts go under undercover and it's not even maybe even something you're subconsciously doing. You're, you're thinking that you're making a healthy choice, but that healthy choice is coming from a place of limitation and scarcity and unworthiness and not, not enoughness. And so you have to do something in order to be right. And that's always, that's never good. That's always bad. (laughs) You know, that's never supportive. That's actually coming from a place of, I lack, I am not, therefore I need to try to be because I'm not. And so all that to say, that's like one of the first things, um, I do. And then I actually sat with someone yesterday and I'm working on getting her on the podcast as we speak. Um, but she is amazing and she works with women to really help you embody your feminine. And I had like a three hour session with her yesterday. We did a little trade, um, of things and I'm going to continue working with her for a little bit because she has so many things. And, um, even just sitting with yourself and tuning into your body. And this was something that I was doing, um, as far as like connecting with like, how do I feel in my body? And I would put my right hand over my heart chakra, left hand over my solar plexus chakra. And I would just take a deep breath and just feel like, where's there tension in my body. Right. And I kind of wiggle my shoulders and like wiggle my neck around and see like, you know, where is there tension in my body? How am I feeling in my body? Does my body feel tired? Does it feel energized, ready to go for the day? Like, how does my body feel? Right. Does my body feel well rested? Am I hungry this morning? Um, am I not so hungry this morning? You know, um, And so just doing that and then tuning into my emotions, how do I feel? Like, do I feel happy? Do I feel content? Do I feel fulfilled? Do I feel sad, depressed, um, angry, bitterness, resentful? Like what is coming up emotionally, right? Um, Scared, fearful of the future, what's coming up? Uh, Hopeful. And then mentally, what are my thoughts first thing in the morning? Or what are my thoughts right now? How, what am I thinking about myself and my life and what I do and Um, what am I thinking? Is there anything that I'm ruminating over that I'm really caught up in that I need to release and let go and trust, you know, release trust, um, with, and so I was doing that, but I wasn't really being in the flow necessarily of really tuning into, um, the energetics. I was kind of just doing like a physical and emotional and a mental, and I was kind of stopping there. And she really helped me to get more into the energetics of things and not to really focus on stories or narratives around different sensations, but allowing things to come up in the physical and emotional and even what it was kind of what I was tuning into of what this may be connected to, but again, not following a story. And man, like the first time I did that, when I got home, it was like, boom. Like I immediately felt like I was connecting with myself in a way that was just so much more integrated and, um, more embodying and, and more connected with all parts and seeing how things were connected and weaving together. And I've been having a lot of ringing in my left ear. And, um, I asked her about that. I was like, is that, isn't the left, the feminine, the, the right is the masculine. She's like, yeah. So, I just have been feeling like with my awareness, even just my awareness on my feminine that I've already been tuning in. And so I don't know, ladies, if you're listening to this and that's been happening to you, I think there is something happening on a collective level where we are, we are waking up to our divine feminine, um, whether you are, you know, a male or a woman biologically, and you identify more with the female energy or feminine energy, I think regardless of, of uh, gender that you, if you are more in alignment with feminine divine feminine energy, that we are really tuning into that as a collective. And I know I'm part of that, which I feel so proud of to be in this moment in history where we're really tuning into our divine feminine, because that is where our flow is. That's where life happens. And it's so important and same for the divine masculine, not to belittle it at all. Um, my divine masculine has helped me through so many times where I needed that strength. I needed that, that courage, that bravery, that structure, that container, and I was able to hold space for myself and and we need that. Right. So I just think that there is, there is a level of, um, where 
you know, the fear around women being fully empowered is that, 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 that would automatically disempower men. Um, and I know that we've also seen that in history, in recent history, where it's not been safe to allow women. And I believe our government knows this, um, for many reasons, um, and the go- world governments know this for a reason. And so to suppress women is to the benefit of men. I don't believe all men feel this way or think this way. That's my little disclaimer here. Um, but I, I know we've seen that. We've seen that in a real way. And so as we tune in and as things actually really start to change and shift, you're able to see things from a totally different perspective. You operate differently. And I have been feeling that way in each little step that I've been taking, even my awareness of how I think or feel about myself or my upbringing and, and those things that I'm connecting with of like, Oh yeah, that moment when I crossed my legs and my father came up to me and corrected that and said to uncross my legs, because when I had them crossed and I was wearing a skirt, even though I had tights on, you can see you know, up my thigh. And because in Christianity, that's wrong. That's sexual. That's promiscuous. That's, that's me, um, putting out a come and get it, you know, as a 10 year old to all the men here, um, because my thigh is being shown, you know, can't use, can't, can't wear, you know, um, leggings back in the day, leggings weren't as big of a deal as they are now. I'm sure if I was wearing leggings, like I'm wearing them now, I would not be allowed, um, allowed to, um, back when I was, you know, a teenager and stuff, but, you know, it was just even the women that would dress, you know, with like a higher skirt or something. And they were talked about, and I would hear how other women would talk about them and that it was wrong. Like I was so afraid of any woman ever talking about me that way, you know, God forbid. Right. And so I think we're, we're really waking up on an individual level. Cause that's my personal experience. That may not be your experience in church. You may have felt really different and empowered if you were a Christian woman as well, or, or in any other religion, right. If you felt empowered by your father or empowered by the church or religion that you were a part of growing up, that's fantastic. Uh, that's amazing. I love that. I love hearing stories like that. This was my personal experience and And I think that, um, especially with, you know, value based off of your body, um, like the only compliments I really ever got was when my hair was long. Um, my mom even said, and she'll, she'll hate me for bringing this up, but my mom even said, your hair is your one beauty. And I'll, I'll never forget that. She didn't mean it the way that I heard it, but because of the, because of the long history of narratives, right. Around, um, and experiences around my body, not being, beautiful, not being enough, not being valued, um, and being there being something wrong to hear, Oh, but your hair is your one beauty. And I think it was around when I was like, I'm going to chop this shit. (laughs) She's don't do it. Your hair is your one beauty. And I was like my one beauty. So if I chop it, like then I'm not beautiful anymore. So my hair holds all my beauty. Like, this is the only place that I'm beautiful. She, of course, I know didn't mean it like that, but that's how it translated, right? Because you've had so many stories. So I just, ladies and and gentlemen, as you're listening to this, I just want you to become aware of whatever has been kind of the, the ongoing narrative for you around your body, around, around yourself, um, as a woman or as a man, and what are the things that have really disempowered you really taken you out of the game? Um, what are the things or continued experiences that have happened that have, uh, created a story that around you, not being enough, you not being worthy, not being worthy of love, of honor, of respect, um, of, adoration, even of being beheld, being, uh, beautiful, belonging, um, belonging to a tribe, belonging to a group of people, um, being seen, being heard, being understood, right. Uh, worthy of being pursued, worthy of pursuing someone and being accepted, being received. Right. Um, and so what, what is it that has caused you around your identity as either a woman or a man has, has that been? And just really begin to identify that and bring truth to that. I think awareness is the first step. And then as you find what is actually true, maybe it's what you believe now. And you just have never really looked back because 
you turned a leaf, right. And you were like, you know what, regardless of all of that, I'm going to believe this. Well, we still need to heal that because you'll never fully step into who you are most authentic self, right. Highest self. You'll never fully step into that until that, that loop is healed. And so I think part of feeling it and really getting in and really tuning in on an intuitive psychic spiritual level is not just doing like a body scan or emotional scan, mental scan, but really tuning into the energetics of it and what that moment, the energy that it held and that you've carried uh, this whole time. What is that? What does that look like? Um, How has that redefined you and your experience of yourself? I think that's where the full circle healing can come and can happen. And that's where it's really beneficial. Like it's not beneficial to rehash story after story after story. Um, and I've done this for, you know, for the purpose of helping you and, and helping you to connect with it and to, to relate, you know, to have things come up for you as I, as I share my personal experiences, but it's not healthy to continue to ruminate over that. Like if I were to continue after this episode, think, Oh, I remember that. I remember that the person said that, you know, or did that to me. And like, if I continue to just ruminate over that, then I, I would be actually hurting myself, not helping myself. That would be unsupportive, not supportive. And so I just want to encourage you guys that as you kind of see what it is that you've been told or taught or, um, experiences that, that you've had that have been disempowering, uh, that have caused you to feel not safe in your most authentic self and your energy, and your flow, whatever your flow looks like. I just want to encourage you to look at those narratives, look at those stories and see maybe what it is that what the story that was written for you, you know, that your experience, how that defined you, what, what it defined about your beliefs, about yourself, your purpose, your destiny, your calling, what you're meant to do, who you're meant to be. And, and all the things that you would have in your life. Like for me, this goes even into my, my, uh, limiting beliefs around money, around abundance, around my worthiness of making more than enough of being successful, of being recognized, of, of being, um, accepted and also doing something big. And I was even sharing something with my, um, my parents the other day and, out of my dad's mouth, the one thing that he says is, yeah, on on a smaller scale than your brother. And I was just like, (laughs) no, actually, uh, I don't, I don't even know. I wasn't even thinking on a scale of, you know, what is bigger or better or less than, or not as big. (laughs) I like, wasn't even thinking in terms of like, the same as him or not. He's on a completely different journey and completely different purpose than me. Um, I wasn't thinking small. I was thinking big, you know, and it's like, still it's like, oh yeah, but smaller scale, you know, and he doesn't realize it. It's okay. It's fine. All is well, all is forgiven. But immediately, like, again, I had to go through again, the rhythm of he doesn't see this and that's okay right? He probably never will understand that what that meant to me and what that did of, again, it limited me like, oh, my dream of what I want to do. And I'm sharing this with you, dad, because I never really get to talk to you anyways. I'm talking to you now and I'm trying to share this with you so that mom doesn't share it with you third party. I want to share this with you personally and have a moment of connecting with, Hey, like, this is something I'm dreaming about. Cool. Huh? And that's all I wanted. I just, I didn't care if he said cool or like, that's great, sweetheart. Like that's, that's all I was like. I just wanted to share it with him just for him to be updated on what I'm thinking and dreaming about. And instead I get smaller scale. So, you know, it's just a continual reminder to heal. It's a continual reminder to go full circle. How did I had to do it again? How did that make me feel? What parts of that story that have been lifelong did that attach to and validate? that isn't supportive, that isn't even grounded in truth. It doesn't have any truth to it. These are ideas of other people. Like these are not mine. These are not what God has said. This is not what I feel aligned with. Right. So it's, it's just kind of like, but connecting with it, which may be painful, maybe uncomfortable and difficult, but it's so important for us to connect with it and to not, to not, not feel, you know, um, if anger came up in me in that moment, I would have felt it and released it. I wouldn't have stuffed it down. Like I used, used to do because anger is not allowed. Anger isn't okay. 
right? That's, that's of the devil. Like you can't experience anger, like, you know, righteous anger, um, is, you know, that's when it's valid, but any kind of other anger is not okay. Right. In the Christian world, um, that I was in. And so to, for, to not feel angry, you know, or to, to not feel, um, depressed or, you know, it's like, I just wanted to feel it and release it because it, it's not, I'm not going to allow that to validate things that I'm working through that I'm trying to heal and that no longer align with who I see myself as. Right. And I think that's the goal. That's the ultimate goal is to get to that place where we can release, right? We can in the moment release and go, ah, that doesn't align. And I appreciate that you are, you're trying to connect with me. And that's the only way you know how to connect because that's your only perspective is that anything a woman would do would be lower scale, (laughs) smaller scale, not as big as a man could do because a man can do so much more than a woman. And you don't realize that you have that belief and that's okay. That's you're on your journey. I'm on mine. I don't agree with that. And I don't agree that that has anything to do with me. So I'm going to release, let go, move forward, but I'm going to heal. If that brings up a past pain of something that my father did or another guy did, or my brother did or whatever, right. Um, some pastor somewhere, uh, said something or whatever, then I'm, I'm going to allow that to heal me. Um, I think one of the biggest wounds that I didn't realize in the moment, because in the moment I actually thought it was true, um, was a mentor that I had uh, and he was like in his seventies. And I remember I was still leading worship. It was before I kind of left the church and stuff. And he came up to me, he didn't even know this about me. Okay. So like, he had no idea what he was saying and God, God helped me if I wasn't a virgin at the time, like (laughs) what what that would have done to me. Um, yeah, that would have shattered me, but he basically told me the reason why you're so anointed and why God can use you the way he does is because you're a virgin. And I was like, fantastic. (laughs) Like, great. So like, what happens if that changes and what happens if like, what happens if my virginity is taken from me by force? So now like my anointing goes, you know, and what happens when you get married and when you're having sex and it's, it's technically okay now, like, so do I lose my anointing then? Like, it's literally just because I'm a virgin and I'm not having sex. Like that's, that's why I'm anointed by God and can be used by God. So how many men does God use? And they're not a virgin. So men can be used and they're not a virgin, but a woman can't. <laughs> see my conundrum. I just have so many of these. (laughs) I have so many of these examples and stories. Sorry, (laughs) y'all, but there's so many things, right. That could be brought up in you too, as I'm sharing these stories and giggling with the, (laughs) with you about them. of like, Whoa, that's ridiculous. Um, shouldn't be illegal. I don't think, (laughs) you know, but he meant well, right. He was talking out of his beliefs and what he thought was true. And so I think that's, that's also something that we can do when we feel like it is like, it's okay. Like it's, um, I know that people have done things to you, to me that have been vicious and have been intentional, but I do try whenever I believe that it truly wasn't intentionally done in a hurtful way. Like the intention wasn't to hurt me. Um, it was to encourage me. Like he thought that that was encouraging every guy that's ever said anything about me, except for the guy with the bag in the purse has probably in some sense meant well, but wasn't. And so in, in part of my healing, part of what I've had to do in order to truly forgive is to believe that, you know what, and even if they didn't know, or this wasn't their intention, I still believe like, Hey, I believe at the core that their spirit is good. I just am going to believe that. So whether they're working through their own programming and they truly do believe that women are less or not equal, you know, um, that I believe that their soul is still good, you know, or that there's goodness in their soul. Right. And so however their incarnation, their experience is here on earth, whatever they're working through, I'm just going to, by default, believe that some part of them is good. And so, I'm going to release and forgive and just know, like they'll relearn that in the next life if they don't learn it in this life. So 
yeah, that's my hope for them is that they learn it in this life and they don't have to relearn it in the next life. Cause women in a couple generations from now are going to be even more forces to be reckoned with. And, um, I think Beyonce got it right. Who runs the world girls. Um, so that's my belief, but yeah, I just think for us, it's tuning into the energetics as well as the physical, emotional, and mental, it's all levels, right? And it's releasing and coming full circle and rewiring the, the nervous system is so important and fully healing and integrating that healing and walking it out so that when something else happens, even if it's from the closest male figure that you have as a woman in your life or men that you have in your life, that that you would still be able to see what is true, you know, ah, that's, that's actually not true. Uh, you know, um, thanks for trying to be encouraging or trying to understand, um, the best that you know how, but that's actually not true. Um, and so to, to kind of, to be able to do that in the moment and for it to not wreck you or immediately rip away your power, um, I think is key. Like that's how we want to live because we are still moving forward in this, like, right. Like things are still being worked out from thousands of years of women being oppressed and, um, and used and, and bought and sold traded bartered with. And so for so long, we haven't had the opportunity to say yes or no, or this is what I want to do with my life. And this is who I want to be. And this is what I feel my purpose is. For so many years, you know, thousands of years, we haven't been able to do that. And so I feel grateful. I feel so much gratitude that I'm able to walk this out on my own. And I just wanted to encourage my ladies. I wanted to encourage the men. Men don't feel ashamed. Don't feel belittled. Don't feel um, put down or like you have failed. I think the awareness around what has been done over centuries is, is the first step. And then you taking a personal step forward and saying, I will never disempower anyone period male or female, right? If we all can do that, I'm not going to step into my feminine, right? My divine feminine and um, disempower the divine masculine, whether it's within myself or, or someone else, right? You cannot empower one and disempower the other. That's, that's it. It cancels it out. Then, then you're actually operating not out of your divine feminine. Now you're probably actually more operating out of a, a masculine where it's more of the dominating, domineering, having, you know, taking over control kind of mentality. And that is not the feminine energy. Uh, the feminine energy is flow. It's receptive. Um, and it's, it's not necessarily controlling. Um, it is, it is more intuitive and, and, um, uh, what's another word to describe it? Um, I guess go with the flow, um, more open and, uh, enveloping and inviting is, is the feminine energy. And so I want male, female, whoever's listening to this podcast to be invited into this opportunity to really step into our most authentic selves. And if you're a guy listening to this, this made you more aware of maybe what women deal with and struggle with. And I hope that this helps you become more aware of that. I also help, hope that this also encourages you to connect with yourself as well and to really connect with your divine masculine and your divine feminine and to really take the time to connect with yourself and see what you can heal, what you can bring in full circle, um, what you can integrate and embody and, and then also spread the love about spread the healing. Um, and for my ladies who have been listening to this podcast, I just want to encourage you if any way that you felt disempowered or this, this really, um, this really touched you in a way that you're like, gosh, I really, I realize where I need to also, um, integrate this healing and where I need to connect more. I need to flow more. I need to trust more. Um, I need to be brave, but in safety, right. With my intuition guiding me so that I'm not, I'm not being, um, a fool, uh, you know, with my heart or with my, my purpose or my destiny or, um, my dreams even right. My energy, um, what you're giving your energy to is so important too. So 
I hope that this has been encouraging for you and that you have a couple practical tools. Um, a couple things that have been happening for me as I've been tuning in, not only have I been having the ringing in my ears, but I've had insane dreams. And I don't know if any of you guys are like dreamers like me. Usually I know when something's just a dream and I know when something is like really happening, but I've had a lot of crossover in that area. And I know that that's part of the feminine, right? Is that we are, we are always happening. And a lot of times it can happen in our sleep, in our subconscious. And that's where a lot of things can come up. And so I just want to encourage you in the process. If you feel like that kind of gets up-leveled and heightened for you. I also want you to take that as an encouragement. Um, if that doesn't happen for you and you're not having, of course, like ringing in your ears and some people integrate differently. Some people transcend or transmute and shift differently. Okay. So just make sure that you're not using my experience as like a, it has to happen like this or be like this in order for it to really be happening. No, everyone is different. So trust your process. Uh, trust, trust what's happening for you. And don't use that as a marker to say, if I don't do that, if that doesn't happen for me, then, then I'm not enough. You know, even I can't even heal my goddamn self, you know, like, don't think like that. Totally just be in your process and what that looks like and what that feels like. And don't have any expectations, take off expectations. This is a process. This is a journey guys. This is what we're here for. I love you so much. I hope that this was encouraging and inspiring for you. Thank you for allowing me to share my journey with you guys in a safe place, in a safe container, my tribe, my soul's tribe. I love you guys so much. I'll talk to you soon.